Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. Last week was the third Global Anglican Future Conference, GAFCON, held in Jerusalem uh, for the second time. I hope, like me, you were able to participate uh, via the live stream, uh, watching video, often live, of what was going on, the um, just fabulous uh, talks there. And also, I particularly enjoyed the interview stream. If you didn't catch that uh, during the week or if you were only able to catch a part of that, a lot of that video is still available through the GAFCON website. And I would really encourage you to spend some time not just hearing from people you may know. So Lee was interviewed, uh, for example. There were interviews with Andy Lines and uh, Rico Tice and various others from the UK delegations. But there were amazing interviews with people from all sorts of places uh, testifying to what God has been doing through their churches in often very difficult situations in all kinds of ways. And just such an encouragement uh, to hear people talking of God's faithfulness to them as they have sought to be faithful to him. One of the things I particularly enjoyed was the photo stream. You can find a link to this on our Facebook page. Uh, It's on Flickr, the GAFCON 2018 photo stream. And it's just a joyful um, visual representation of what I think it is going to be like in heaven. Genuinely people from, it feels like, every language and people and tribe and nation gathered together, um, joyful faces, glorifying and praising God, reveling in being part of that global fellowship um, together. I don't often suffer from fear of missing out, to be honest. There are a few things I like much better than being at home on my own. But I have to say, over the past week, I did slightly wish I'd been in Jerusalem. It really did look amazing. And I think we saw that um, not just through the videos of the sessions and the singing and the interviews and and people posting uh, their own thoughts and images, but I think that's also reflected in the official uh, statement that was produced by the conference. So every time GAFCON meet, during the conference, a team put together a statement, which is then um, a draft of that is then scrutinised by all the different groups and delegates, and then a revised version is published. And this time, the revised version is called A Letter to the Churches. You can find it on the GAFCON website, and again, there's a link to that. I'll put a link with this uh, podcast post, but there's also a link on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed and all over the place. And it's a really wonderful statement. The theme of the conference was uh, proclaiming Christ faithfully to the nations. And the statement really focuses on that work of evangelism and proclamation. You can go and read it all for yourself, but I just want to read out for you the final paragraph, our global Anglican future. To proclaim the gospel, we must first defend the gospel against threats from without and within. We testify to the extraordinary blessings on this conference, which leads us to call upon God even more that the Anglican communion may become a mighty instrument in the hand of God for the salvation of the world. We invite all faithful Anglicans 
to join us in this great enterprise of proclaiming Christ faithfully to the nations. Amen. Amen. And as I say, do go and read uh, the whole of that letter, uh, giving more detail about how GAFCON is going to be working to enable more of that faithful proclamation to the nations. They're setting up a, a whole range of different networks and, and programs um, to help support churches in that kind of work. We'll have a report on uh, the conference on our website later this week, I hope, from one of the UK delegates. Uh, if you listened to last, week last week's podcast, you'll have heard me talking to Chikau Tan uh, about GAFCON and why he goes and, and his involvement in it. And he will be writing a report for us uh, on the conference and his experience of that as one of the UK delegates. Many, many millions of Anglicans were represented uh, by their bishops and other leaders at GAFCON last week. And it is thrilling to see the church um, gathered in that sort of way, 2,000 people or so who came together representing many, many millions. But of course, the church isn't just the millions, billions around the world. It is the local church. And so it seems appropriate uh, that in this podcast, we're going to have one of our regular interview features with one of our uh, vicars from one of our church society trust parishes. A couple of weeks ago, I caught up with Nick Gowers, who is minister at Holy Trinity Church in Old Hill. Uh, I'm in a little town called Old Hill, which is part of the black country just west of Birmingham, and I've been here five years now. So what diocese is that in? It's in Worcester diocese, which people make, then people think, oh, rural Worcestershire. No, 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 this is uh, post-industrial urban black country. Uh, so it, it, it got its name from when uh, Queen Victoria came through, wound down the train window, and it was just black with... Uh, smoke with soot lovely yes because i went to school in in malvern which is obviously in worcestershire and it, it's very much the other end of the the county or the the diocese uh from you i guess yeah i mean we go on holiday to malvern and think it's lovely and beautiful Actually, there must and be a lot of very beautiful countryside right on your doorstep but well it's around if, if you travel you know a few miles away then we get to the countryside but uh our, our places are much more what you see is what you get okay and um so tell us about the parish. Is it um, uh, mostly residential? Is it? You talked about it being a sort of post-industrial area. What sort of people live there? So I mean, yeah, we it, the village grew up from. Well, it would have been a little urban, uh, not urban. What do I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, that's the one. It would have been a little rural village, and then industrial revolution. This area was the most industrialised area in the world for a bit, and. So it was metal making, chain making, uh, metal forging, and a lot of that metal industry still carries on. So uh, there's a lot of metal recycling industry and sort of hot forging of metal work. Uh, but what tends to happen is the industries close and the housing is built. So it's a mainly working class area, uh, with a with Birmingham increasingly being the centre of gravity of the area, but. Uh, the black country has its own identity, which is very much not Birmingham. They, we are not Brummies. And um, 
So Birmingham, obviously, very multicultural. Old Hill, very multicultural, or still kind of white working class? What what sort of background mix do you have? Uh, I mean, we'd be mainly sort of white working class in the main, uh, but increasingly diverse, a fair corner of the parish has a sort of uh, more ethnically Muslim corner and uh, increasingly diverse and you know that's one of the challenges I think for the black country area I guess. Mm. And so how does that translate into your church? Tell us a, a little bit about the congregation that you have. I mean I think because we've been historically evangelical we draw people in who want our sort of church and so our church represents a broader cross-section than the local area in some ways but I think we're increasingly representative of the people who live in the area and that is great really encouraging to see the yeah I, I think the cult the area is becoming more cult, multicultural we are experiencing people moving here because they want to work in Birmingham and the housing is a little bit more affordable and you're not too far from the country just note that <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think we're getting there, I think would be fair to say. And what sort of a mix do you have? Do you have families? Do you have older people, younger people? Um, just tell us, and sort of how, how big is your church? Church family-wise, a typical Sunday we get about 100 people and a real mixture from the the newborn who was born last week to people in their 90s. And it, yeah, it's a real... I, I think what I'm really encouraged by in our church family, by God's grace, we are a mix of cultures ages nationalities and people from all backgrounds do seem to be welcome and you think yeah praise god for his grace in that wonderful i mean that that just sounds like a little um taste of heaven doesn't it magic <laughs> well uh, you know uh, don't scratch too deeply and you can maintain <laughs> that maintain that image so how long have you been there nick is, is this all uh down to you do you think Oh yeah, I mean entirely down to me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, have you just walked in in the last few months and you're you're claiming somebody else's glory? Tell it, tell us. No, no. <laughs> I, I I did an interview. I can't remember what it was for something, and I started by saying, "Oh, you know, the church was in a right mess," and then I turned up, and it's just glorious now. And my wife uh, said to me, "Nick, you can't." say that because people will take you seriously and think that's what you actually think no 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 uh, it, <laughs> I've been here five years and uh, the church yeah when I arrived it's a church that loves Jesus church that loves reaching out loves praying and uh, uh, what was yeah loves praying loves reaching out loves Jesus and loves each other really well and so I don't think I can take much credit for it at all really uh, that's God's work and I'm trying to not break it. Wonderful. I mean, you said it had a, a sort of traditionally evangelical background and, and obviously it is a, a church society parish. So we were, that's not always the case with church society parishes for various complicated reasons. But, you know, it's glad, we're glad to know that, that it, it does seem to be providing that kind of continuity of, of ministry um, in some places that we'd be hoping for. Um, what have been, so you've been there five years, what have been some of the, the challenges that you've had to face? What have been uh, some of the, the great things that you've seen God doing? Yeah, good question. <laughs> That's me pausing to think about it. Uh, I think the encouragements are people trickling in, uh, as in we are 
yeah, I think it's becoming an increasingly diverse church family, and that is really exciting. We've seen God people bringing in. We've had people join the church. Some mature Christians, perhaps not necessarily because they've come from happy church situations previously, because of you know issues in the Church of England and other denominations. But it's been encouragement to having them join us because they, you know, bring a maturity and a, a an eagerness to serve. So that's great. We've. I mean, because there's a real heart amongst some to really reach out. We've got a retired minister amongst us, and one of his things he said is that what he's found in his experience is that as the church goes out, God brings people in, and often it's not the same people. Uh, and he wonders whether that's to stop us getting proud. We're doing all this great outreach work, and look at the people we've brought in. It tends to be you go out, and then, you know, so there's one... Uh, yeah, I don't want to put too many details on, but you know, there's people who've come in, and there's you know there's a few people who become Christians, and it's not a a great revival, but there's enough to keep us encouraged and think, yeah, you know, God's at work here, and that's exciting. I think that the challenges are the num, you know, we get people interested in baptism, we seem to show some spiritual interest, trying to show some sort of you know discern those who are wanting to just go through the motions and those where there's something genuinely going on and there are those who've sort of come in and stayed and there are those who've come in and looked exciting and then gone that's parable of the server stuff isn't it and it's what we're to expect it is i mean that that is the nature of ministry is it the kind of place where people still feel an attachment to the local church do you get a lot of those sort of baptisms and weddings and and uh, that kind of way of reaching out to people Uh, we don't get many weddings i think mainly probably for a cost reason and that's a sadness right and probably a lot of the time people want it's just more expensive than a registration. Well, it, it, people prefer an all-in-one package, I think. Uh, and also, we're not the most beautiful church building, so uh, that we could uh, uh, that would be a factor. I think that where we are there... So I was in Exeter before, in quite a middle-class area, and the sort of the media influence of... I don't necessarily want to blame the media, but, you know, the that we're an increasingly atheistic culture was probably reflected there. Whereas I get the impression where I am, people, many people still believe in God and there won't be many who say they don't. And many would have, because people are more rooted in an area, they would identify more. Well, that's our church. You know, historically around here, everybody would go to Sunday school and, you know, and because there's less movement of people, they can say, "Well, that's the church I used to go to, or my grand went to, or we've, you know, that's our family church." Well, my parents got yeah. married, even if I didn't. Or yeah, that's it. And so there is still that feeling of warmth towards things, and it's an important part. And I, I just wonder, actually, whether that, you know, people often bemoan the sort of spiritual nature of things. I'm more encouraged. I think that actually there is a people are a bit more unsettled and thinking, well, what do we believe? And I, I think there's a lot of folks saying, well, I, I think I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I want to find out a bit more. So there's an openness, which I, I find quite encouraging. I think, um, I think there is a very different experience of people who minister in sort of university towns, so places like Exeter or, or sort of with very middle-class professional kind of 
congregations that is not really reflective of the majority of, of people in our country. And I think, um, yeah, it's been really interesting in this series talking to people in our church society parishes around the country. I think a lot of them would echo what you're saying, though, that actually there is still a, a sort of fundamental belief that a lot of people have and an openness to, to talking about Christian things um, that that perhaps in, a, in the media and in our rarefied circles we've assumed has disappeared. Um, so that's really encouraging. And do you have opportunities um, with a school or sort of community links? What sort of ways do you have of... Uh, connecting with local people. I mean, I think yeah, we've we've got three primary schools in the parish, and uh, we offer an open the book service. I'm not open the book service, open the book ministry, which uh, uh, they take up, and uh, we enjoy doing. Uh, our church building is open every morning, and people drop in. You know, there's those sort of things. We're reasonably known. One of the blessings is we have a building that is fairly prominent so we can go around and say we're that big church building with the bells and the, we have a star on the tower and there's, there's various events there it used to be a thriving town it's not really anymore sadly but there are events that there's an old hill festival annually which we contribute to and we have, there's a light switch on for the christmas lights which uh, a group from our church run and so just trying to be visible and in the community and people go you know we're, we are here and there are a lot of people think the building is just closed and shut because it looks dark interesting interesting and so um as you look forward in the yeah. next i don't know five ten fifteen years what would you love um to see change or develop or grow what would you love to see god doing uh in in your church in your area i i think i mean you know we we're very grateful for people who've moved into the church who bring the, you know, who are mature Christians already. I think it's seeing a real old hill conversions, I suppose, would be the right. You know, people come to know the Lord from old hill and and their lives be changed. So our, so our church vision statement is now, you know, we want to see our communities transformed by Jesus. And that, I suppose that's our heart is we want, to be a church that's not just gathering, but going out and it having an impact on people's lives and then being sort of drawn to Christ and God getting the glory for that. But yeah, that requires a lot of prayer. So I think there would be more prayerful, that would be uh, one thing. But I think, yeah, ultimately is that people mature in Christ and it, it'd be lots of people, more men, that's what I guess one. Okay. Do you have a congregation that that is uh, dominant, predominantly female, or? Probably, I think there are probably many more couples where the 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 lady is a believer and the man is on the fringes or not, and rather than the other way around. And so I think, yeah, how do how do we? engage with that demographic is I think a really important question. Yes, it's both sort of supporting the believer in raising her family and, and living that out, but also how do you reach out to the unbeliever in, in those situations? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. And is there anything in terms of things, you know, obviously we like to pray for our church society parishes uh, 
you know, they're regularly in our prayer diary, but there's not normally much room for more than, you know, pray for Nick Gowers at Old Hill. Um, So this is your chance to kind of give us a bit more on that. What sort of things would you love us to be praying for you and for the church? Um, Things immediately coming up in the next few months and or some of those bigger picture things that you've already mentioned? Yeah. I mean, one thing would be we've got a curate joining us, which is very exciting. And uh, they're... You know, you asked what one of the challenges of the last five years was. I think one of the challenges is how to be a godly minister. I, I'm conscious that... Was this your first incumbency? It is. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a new thing and a new kind of trying to work that out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a, you know, as a curate, you're thinking, uh, I can't wait to be an incumbent. And then you get to be an incumbent and realise, ah... Oh. I now know why my training incumbent was right on all these things, and uh, uh, the challenge. And actually, you know, the the biggest challenge to ministry, I think, is my sinfulness and my lack of passion for God's glory, my lack of love for Christ, and you know how that plays out. So, I think one of my prayers is that as we've got our curate joining us, is that our relationship would be good, and that I wouldn't be threatened. That actually, I would want him to be a better more rounded more faithful minister than me mm. which is easy to say but uh, quite hard to do and yeah work out yeah that so there's that what's so there's that what's your uh, name so we can be praying um uh, richard richard okay great so yeah they moved in uh, yesterday yesterday he's ordained at the end of the month and then start so yeah and that's going to require so we've got a little bit of a staff team that's going to there's going to be a whole load of dynamics shifting uh, with that and so that's another prayer point in that we are you know we've got a, a sort of a clearer vision and clearer set of values of you know what's important to us and we had a really helpful time on our PCC day away just evaluating how we're doing and we we agreed that we were weakest on uh, reaching out on community both in terms of being a community and engaging with the communities where God has put us and on a global focus which was sobering because actually that the short summary is we're weak on application, <laughs> and probably you know from my background, our constituency, you know, we're working hard on the text, and often the application as a thing just gets slightly lost at the end. And we've had a a really encouraging series of uh, what we've done recently is we've uh, tried to change how we're doing the study groups, home groups. Not by changing the home groups, but by doing something different for six weeks and people come centrally and do a different type of course. And that has you know, been a big step for some, but been really eye-opening. And it made me realise that actually, unless I'm being really working on application and making sure people say, OK, well, given this, therefore this is what it means for our lives, this is what it means for our community, this is what it means, this is what we're offering to the world, this is how it uh, gives us encouragement and helps us to reach out. People aren't going to get it. Yeah, yeah. you have to do that work for them most of the time to, you know, to really work out what those applications look like and that's part of the teaching role, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, so in terms of, you know, sermon prep, I'm just thinking through, okay, I've got to spend less on the, ex. well, no, in terms of the preaching, spend less on the exegetical bit, and, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time, haven't you? And in terms of the prep, be spending a bit more time, okay, what are, you know, 
looking through those grids of okay what does it mean for this because unless I'm constantly applying it to those things it's just not going to be on people's agenda so I think that is a real you know we're thankful that that those areas of weakness have been exposed but it's now my <laughs> responsibility in one sense to to be banging those drums in a in a Christ honouring way from the front that gets people go oh, yeah yeah this is what we want to be doing so I think that would be another another prayer point there and there's the the ongoing things of you know how do you bring up a, our, our kids are getting older the, the oldest is 11 now no no she will she will be 11 yeah yeah do do edit this bit out in case in case she then listen no she's not going to listen well i don't know who knows <laughs> but, laura yeah, might the, listen and be slightly upset that you don't know how old your children are uh, she wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, how do you how do you manage? You know, love your family well. It, there's always more that you can be doing, both with family and church. So doing the best things, not just the good things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I hope resting is one of those things in there as well. It's not just doing more things, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. That's where we're at to on that. Great. Thanks so much for talking to us. Um, we will uh, be praying for you at Thank you. And we're glad to be partners with you uh, in your ministry there. No, well, we're very glad to be have your support and encouragement. So thank you. Thanks, Nick. I can't quite believe it, but next Monday we will be in July. We have got a couple more podcast episodes lined up for July, but I just wanted to let you know that over the summer we won't be having full episodes every week. There will, however, be a stream of short little podlets, maybe five or ten minutes long. There'll be uh, some book reviews of, of sort of short little books uh, and one or two other short interviews and short uh, items to catch up with. So we hope you'll enjoy those and we will resume our regular weekly podcasting schedule at the beginning of September. So that's just a little bit of advance uh, warning so you know what to expect uh, over the next couple of months. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe. Uh, you can do that via a podcast app on your phone or other device. You can also follow us on Facebook and uh, on Twitter at Church Society, where we also will have the links to the podcast every week. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, maybe think about whether there's someone else you know in your church or elsewhere who might also uh, enjoy listening to these week by week and share the link with them. We always love to hear your feedback. You can uh, leave a comment on the Facebook page, tweet us at Church Society or email me ros at churchsociety.org. Thanks so much for listening.